Hello and welcome to the Nursery and Preschool Chat Room podcast. Join the Twinkle team as we talk about life as a preschool and nursery practitioner. We'll share our honest thoughts and experiences on a range of topics that affect early years practitioners every day in their settings. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Nursery and Preschool Chat Room. I'm Katie. And I'm Charlotte. And I'm Fliss. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking about early years practitioners and their relationships with parents. When is it too far? What's acceptable? And and how might things look in different early years settings? So we thought one of the first things that we would talk about is getting lifts home from parents. So some of us might have been in a situation where at the end of the day, you're walking out with the last children and a parent might say to you, can I give you a lift home? What would you guys have done in that situation? I've turned the offer down before just because I just thought like, what if you're in a car accident on the way home and mm. I got injured or someone got injured? I just think, how, where does it go then? Like, yeah. it gets a bit confusing, doesn't it? Like, using them as a bit of a taxi, I'd feel a bit rude. <laughs> yeah, I get that. <laughs> and also, do you want them to know where you live? Yeah. That doesn't bit. sit right with me either. Like, I don't think they're going to be knocking on my door at 8pm on a Saturday night, like, do you want to babysit? But I also don't like the idea that they know where I live. Yeah, it's like they could come come to your house randomly, will not it? <laughs> Here's my child. <laughs> That's my nightmare. During Christmas when nursery's shut. <laughs> you can have them today. Yeah, thank you, I want to. <laughs> Did you ever have like an official policy about it? Not that I was aware of. I mean, our manager was just like, you know, it's up to you. It's, you know, on your head if oh, all goes wrong, really. It's not to do with the nursery outside of, as soon as you've yeah. stepped out of the nursery, that's it's not our. So they were like, kind of, it's up to you. What about your nursery? No, I never, there was no policy and I never really experienced it. Like, nobody would asked me and I drove anyway. So I would have gotten the car. I didn't hear any stories from any of the other practitioners. A lot of them used to get the bus from outside mm-hmm. nursery. So a lot of them would be waiting for the bus when parents are going. I've never heard that they offered. I did have an awkward thing there where I was once walking up to my car up the hill at the same time as a child was walking up. Oh, walk with them, do I not? And then he was like trying to speak to me, the child. So I was like walking with, and then he was like showing me his gloves and everything. And I was like walking next to mum, a bit really awkward. And I was like, okay, bye now. I feel like you and mum would have been like, get away yeah. from me. But the child was like speaking to both of us. So I had to like kind of walk alongside and like be part of the conversation and then just sneak off into my car. I was like, see ya. And that links into the other thing that I wanted to talk about is social media and parents. Did your settings ever have a policy about that thinking about like your personal social medias like were you allowed to be friends with parents did it matter if you knew them already anything like that I mean again it was our own decisions really yeah but obviously when you work in a nursery you're not supposed to put like things you shouldn't on social media anyway because yeah. they check it when you go for like job interviews and things don't they so there was never anything that I wouldn't want a parent to see. to see but I don't know I had a few it was more when the preschool children left and the parents just wanted to keep in touch as in because yeah. they were like oh we'll be putting their first day at school photos on Facebook we had a leavers party so they wanted to tag me in the pictures yeah. on Facebook so I wasn't really fussed with like that yeah it was more Facebook I didn't really get Instagram like requests oh, or anything it was or like following on TikTok or anything like that it was mainly like Facebook so I have a few to be fair I didn't really get that many but the ones that I did get I did accept but I've never had any issues or problems no I didn't get any on like any friend requests or anything but when I left I had one of the numbers of one of the parents and she like just sent me a whatsapp just to like say basically thank you again for everything yeah. with the children and then 
to keep in touch and then I think she messaged me like a few weeks after I'd gone to say how much the kids had missed me and stuff like that and catch up on how many job was going so we had like a few messages back and forth but uh, but yeah nothing that was like being friends on any social media platforms I know a couple of them follow us Twinkle Nation Preschool but yeah not personal account I'm not friends with any parents and it doesn't always necessarily sit right with me so I try and keep work mm-hmm. and personal quite separate but I could also see it on a lot of the people I used to work with, like the parents of the children at the nursery would just comment on like random things that they'd shared. And I always felt really weird about that. Like I would pers- I just wanted like a personal, like a professional relationship with them, not a personal. And it might not necessarily be that you're putting something on your profile, but if you comment on something or you like something, that will come up as well. Or if your yeah. friend tags you in something before you've seen it and it's the parent might see that. And I think that gives off the mm-hmm. wrong impression. At my setting, we had a rule that you you could only be friends with the parents if you knew them beforehand but for me that was not yeah I mean we used to have certain like staff members that would go out on nights out and bump into parents oh no that would be my absolute yeah. nightmare so they'd like come in and be like oh well, we went out last night and we bumped into so-and-so's mum or so-and-so's dad and they were like getting us a drink and having a chat and I'm like to me that's a bit weird that's crossing yeah. the line I think I'd have been like avoid yeah but some people you know they didn't see a problem with it and the manager was like well if you want to chat to him outside of work then that's your decision but yeah. for me I thought that was a bit too um going out on like a big Saturday night and you're a little bit drunk it's yeah luck. that's the last time I want to be trying to be professional and then you have to do handover on the Monday <laughs> no thanks like I've got a little bit of a black spot so I can't you've got to be professional aren't you with them um, when you're working with children one of my friends who's a teacher she's on dating apps and every now and then she'll come across a parent and so she'll be like I've just oh, seen blah blah no. dad and then there was one she was like I do think he's quite attractive but I don't think I should match him and I was like do not match no. the parent you- she then matched with them they'd know that she was on the dating app as well exactly. like, he's like oh no awkward but then you'd want to know if they'd matched you or not right yeah want to know but not make it see <laughs> <laughs> And then one of the things that we see a lot on our social media, earlier settings or practitioners asking, is it acceptable to babysit any of the children within your setting? And I don't know what you guys, where your personal opinion on that is, or if you've done it before. I guess it's like down to settings. I know some settings do have like policies on it and that sort of thing. Me personally, when I worked in the nursery, I didn't babysit, but it just happened to be that when I was leaving, a child emailed, well, a child's parents emailed saying they needed babysitting for a certain week. And I was like, oh, I can do it. So I did it then and then I went back again. But then at that point, I wasn't working at the nursery. So they knew me briefly, but then, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if now they're using someone from the nursery who's more in touch with the children. I think that's more what the parents want. They want someone who sees the child most days. Because they trust us, don't they? I did do babysitting, but I only ever babysat one child. I did it maybe three times and there was never any problems. But Mm. I had to like sign something for nursery to be super clear that what happens outside of that yeah is nothing to do with the setting yeah i know i never got asked like personally to babysit but we'd have parents that would uh, pick up just be like oh do you have any members of staff that will be interested in babysitting on a weekend and then i'd just go into notion and be like this parent wants to know if anyone wants to babysit do you want to do it if you do go chat to her so we were allowed people didn't really get asked by name like oh i want so and so to babysit it was more just like is anyone available babysit and sometimes we get the random a random email asking if there was any staff that wanted to babysit but i know a few girls that did it they seem to enjoy it a bit of extra money for them but i just wanted a break from work and then my own personal life instead of 
working with children all week and then looking after someone else's kids again. Especially if it was every weekend. I know someone who used to babysit and they, it was like most weekends, they used to babysit. So like, even sometimes like after, like after you'd finished, you'd go straight to their house. And even one person got asked to be um, their nanny. The only bit that ever intrigued me about babysitting, I'm sure most practitioners get this, is you always want to know more about the families of like outside of like nursery Mm -hmm. that you see them. So I would love just the side of being like a little bit nosy around the houses, like just to see what they're actually like and if they match up to the images we have in our heads. Oh, can you imagine if you found something though? <laughs> and then you were like, oh no. That really like awkward, like this first time in the house and like they were doing it up so like they didn't have like all the furniture and like the living room didn't have a TV in. The oh, TV no. was in the playroom with like a little seat to sit on. So I was like just sat on the sofa. Like with my phone, watching stuff on my phone when there was a TV in the other room, I was like... Well, I saw at the gym the other day a little boy that I used to babysit and he's now like 18 at the gym lifting weights and I'm like, I remember when you were really little and you used to feed you your tea. (laughs) You've just made yourself sound like you're like 18. You used to look after an 18-year-old who's now... That's so weird! But like Chris said, a lot of settings do have policies about it. So if it's something you're interested in for your nurse, just check with your manager. And if they say no, then it's a no because it's to protect you, I guess, like mm. safeguarding. And um, So we put the question out on um, Facebook to get your comments around babysitting. And one person said, absolutely. A familiar adult they already have a secure attachment with. Why not? First aid train, DBS check, surely that is the best option. Well, from a parent mm-hmm. perspective, that's why they'd go for a practitioner, yeah. right? Because it's the safest option, really. We've got all the training as well, haven't we? Mm-hmm. So they're probably going to think, oh, well, they're in safe hands if anything happens. I have a lot of memories from when I was younger and nursery practitioners used to babysit us. We used to call her Auntie Rachel. <laughs> like, she like was like, we gave her a name and stuff and she used to bring around like her boyfriends and stuff. Like, really? Yeah, so like, my parents like trusted her a lot to like come around our house, but I guess because we used to be at nursery like most of the time, so they really trusted her to be in our house I guess if that was just some randomer they wouldn't let them come with their boyfriend true you want your parents don't want a stranger no yeah so we've got another comment that reads I think it helps to encourage positive relationships between children families however a professional conduct would still apply out of setting absolutely I think that's what we said before the boundaries even when even if your setting is happy for you to babysit I think you always Mm. need to keep in your mind there is a professional conduct and actually no matter what you do you are still going to be associated with your setting and I think you need to keep that in your mind well you're sort of like representing your setting aren't you and yeah you're kind of still in that nursery nurse mindset when you are babysitting you're still looking after a child so I mean you can't you can't just go around and start like drinking and (laughs) having a house party while there's a child in there yeah. like you've still got to keep it as you would if you were looking after them at nursery yeah. and the parent no matter what is going to associate you with nursery even if you've been clear beforehand that anything that happens isn't with nursery they're not going to be able to get rid of that connection no. so you have to have that at the front of your mind yeah and you don't want it to get awkward like at nursery if you have to see them and you know they, they decide that they don't want to speak to you anymore or something like that but yeah, so there's lots of mixed opinions on it, really. Lots of people that have done it, lots of people that say their settings don't allow it. But a lot of them are just basically making sure you stay professional and, you know, you don't do anything that you shouldn't do. So for this week's Practitioner Problems, the question is, does anyone have any ideas on how to promote EAL in the room? So English is an additional language. Any thoughts? We had quite a few children. Because we were hospital-based, a lot of the doctors and nurses were from other countries. So we'd get like Romanian children in, Polish children in. To be fair, the parents were really good at giving us like books on things and like stories in English and in their language that 
we could read them stories but also kind of learn and we used to have this one little girl and she would teach us her language so she would say the word in English and then say it in Romanian she was so clever but then sometimes we had two children that were like from the same place so they used to help each other which was nice but yeah we just used to print out like pictures and new signs and anything we could really to like routine cards so they could mm-hmm. see what was coming up next if they didn't really understand it's all the normal things with communication yeah it's yeah. making sure you're at that level where they can see your mouth you're yeah. talking at a slower pace so they can understand you the average toddler only has i can't remember the number now it's like 10 to 100 yeah. words so imagine if some of those words aren't in english mm-hmm. you've got to really keep that in mind you don't want to be doing really long complex sentences short sweet to the point and one of the things that always stuck with me from a lecture I had at university was sometimes you assume because a child has ear, that's also associated with send. But that's not the case. Mm-hmm. We don't know. If we don't know that language, we don't know what capability they have in the other language. It might be that this toddler actually just have the verbal age of like a six, seven year old. Mm-hmm. It's just in French. And in their country, sometimes things are different. So like going to the toilet might be slightly different or eating habits might be slightly different. So sometimes you might think, oh, why are they doing that? That's not following the EYFS or, mm-hmm. you know, but that's just how they, in their country, they do it. it we, I used to find it hard with like toilet training and things when they couldn't it's... sort of verbally say they needed to go to the toilet or because they, they couldn't say it, they wouldn't try because they were a bit shy. So yeah, it is a hard one, but I think if you try, use as many people. Like, like a little word fan take them to places and point and then they'd say the word in their language and then I'd repeat in English. Well, and that's how we learn. Pointing and like visual like timetables. And- yeah, I would say we did um, a lot of noticing their non-verbal communication and stuff like that. So in toddlers with us, like they were developing their speech. So at home they were developing their home language and then at nursery their other language. And sometimes it can be quite hard because they look quite isolated or like lonely because they're not communicating with the other children as such but I think just keep an eye out for them non-verbal like cues that they are having with other children and support them and kind of just build the language into that I'd say and especially what helped with us as well we used to um like get in touch with the parents and like find out like what sort of like things they did at home and like we had a few Italian and Spanish multilingual children so we like transformed the role play into yeah into an Italian kitchen or like Spanish or like we did like a Spanish restaurant and be a bit more familiar to them and then it could develop that language a bit more so they just maybe recognize something say it in their home language and then we build on it in English and that sort of thing exactly and that's a really important point is that like there's nothing wrong with them using their first language like Mm -hmm. that is their comfort zone if we're trying to teach them a second language it the foundations of that really not telling them off or putting them down if they say something in their first tongue it's just that's what they know Mm -hmm. it's like you said developing that and then maybe repeating the word in English to them and then eventually they'll start to do that themselves I mean it's a learning curve for the nursery practitioner as well because you start to pick up they'll say a word in their language and then you'll realise, oh, that's what that's, toilet. that's what sand is or that's yeah. what water is. So then you kind of learn. You're both teaching each other in the same. So it's quite nice that this question's been raised because if you have got, like, EAL children in the setting, it is really important that you are supporting them and people like Ofsted will pick up on things like that. So coming back to, like, what we said, like, make sure your provision is there to support them. Like, you've got plans in place, have a, like, EAL lead in the nursery who's supporting, like, don't put it in the same bracket as SEN. Having an EAL lead is in there, like, to support them children and make it known to Ofsted that you are doing things to support that children in their language development just as much as any other children's language development. So thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Nursery and Preschool chat room. As always, you can get in touch with us and submit your practitioner problems or anything you would like us to talk about on 
any of our social media accounts. We've got Facebook, Facebook groups, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube. If there's a social media platform, we probably are on it. So just get in touch and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.